So this week is all about people and culture at Allsop and Allsop. So we're joined today with Cameron Hutchinson, so again. Hello. It's a mouthful. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. Cameron Hutchinson. Yes, so Cameron's our recruitment director at Allsop and Allsop, both at uh, the real estate department, but also you are our, our head of recruitment in our external recruitment business. So welcome, welcome, Cam. Thank you. First one is here. Pleasure to be here. Wow, yeah. is that like a dig at Carl saying so you've not been invited to the podcast? I think I've only been on one in total, actually. Could be your last Do you know what it is? The, the, fan, <laughs> the, the fans were not happy with the beard last time. This time, they're happy, like well, the growth. Is, you know, so I we're think talk, you should enjoy it. We were talking off camera about the different evolutions of Cameron, and when he joined us, he, he um, joined us in the Leamington Spa mm-hmm. office. He commuted from the Neaton every day. He moved to Dubai, and he turned into a peacock, and he's got these... Green Real, suits. yeah, lovely suits, and I think he's starting to digress a little bit. He's, he's regress and go back to Cameron. And I mean, I think I look, I look smart. No, I think he looks smart for like middle-aged man. Right, middle-aged man. Well, I am middle-aged, <laughs> and so are you two. How old are you? Younger than you. Are you actually younger than me? <laughs> Real. Does he look older than me? Honestly. So we're going to stick a poll out. Who looks older out of me and Lewis and Cameron? Alina, That'd be really who looks good. Older, him or me? Really. Older. <laughs> I don't look older. I'm I not don't having it. No, I'm not having it. You look like I think I think I think you're older. You're anyway, <laughs> people and cultures are also This is what the cultures are also and also we name and shame people's ages. <laughs> right, so what we're gonna talk about today is people and culture. But obviously next week we've got quite a rather big event. We're mm. Touring, we're on tour to the UK. We actually are on tour for the first time. You'll start with just, just sharing us our plans next week. We're going to the UK, yeah. So, um, for the first time, which I'm actually very excited about, we're going to Scotland, specifically Edinburgh. Um, I think if we think about some of the people that we've got, we've never really been to Scotland, and actually, we've had a really uh, big uptake um, for that. Um, going further south, we're also going to Manchester and Birmingham. So, it's the first time we've ever gone north of the border, and actually, controversially, this time we're not going to London. I've got a question for you, talking mm. about recruitment. So, obviously, these areas were probably hand-picked. I know we've got some successful Scottish people in the company, mm. uh, such as, um, obviously, Rachel. Ryan Vadicus. Uh, Ryan Vadicus, and also uh, JGE Rentals. Connor. 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 Yeah, Scottish, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. 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 All these people have got one thing in common, which I think is massive for where we're picking it's a type of people that live in these areas and the people that we're looking for. I think most of these areas we're going to are workman-like uh, yeah, places yeah. where yeah. you have to work for your success. Do you think that's a thing we, we look for? Or? I think the evolution of the people that we've been looking for, although it has evolved, we've always been looking for people who work hard, not necessarily people that come from privileged backgrounds. Not saying that we wouldn't hire anybody from a privileged background, but generally speaking, if we think about some of our top performing agents, they've come from a background where they've wanted to be better, myself included, than where they were before they, they came to also. I don't, real estate. I don't think with, um, let's say, privileged backgrounds, it's it's something that that we look for. And the reason for it, and I'm just going to put this into my own point of view, is that obviously there are people that have come privileged background, privileged backgrounds that have done well. Mm-hmm. But what I will say to you is that I think you have to be living in a shithole and be in a worse place where you've got £10 to your name for 10 days left of the month and you think, how am I going to survive? When you go to that depth of despair and worry, you normally have to fight your way out of it. And I think that if I came from a privileged background, I don't think I'd be who I was today because I wouldn't understand what it's like to go to the the depths of the sea. Well, there's an old saying when it comes to boxing. So 
it's difficult to get up and do 5am runs when you're sleeping in silk pyjamas. <laughs> and that is so true. Have you like, got silk pyjamas? No, I haven't. Have you? <laughs> I feel like Carl has got silk pyjamas. I personally don't have any. I sleep generally in shorts and vests. That's my thing. I don't yeah. want to be too... Silky you. shorts and vests. No, they're old. Like, <laughs> they're ASOS. Like, I keep it real ASOS. Like eight, £8.99 for a twin set. I think I'm, I'm next. <laughs> no, I'm caught on next. So, rec- recruitment culture... What's it like at Allsop and Allsop? So people commonly ask me, oh, what's the culture like at our business? I'll start because I think culture mm. over 15 years in business, yeah. I think we can agree on this, it's changed quite a lot. And I think in most new businesses, what you set out and what culture the, what culture is then is vastly different to what it's like when you're running a 400, 500 man company. Yeah. I think when we set, set up the company, the culture was very much around togetherness. It was about family. It was unity. It was about everyone in it together and this locker room environment where it was us against the world mm. and i think for a lot of new businesses they also a lot of new successful businesses they have that mentality yeah. and it works however when you get bigger you probably find that that locker room closeness mentality is very difficult to keep together so mm. how i'll compare that mentality to t- today is i think our culture is uncomfortable oh okay. that's a Interesting word. Like that shirt you've got on. Like my shirt I've got on. <laughs> I, I, As I've not done the jacket yeah, off today. Take it off, Jennifer. No I think our culture is uncomfortable because we like, I like, you like to challenge every single person in this business. If you want to come to work and have a very nice, comfortable, easy job, stay at home in your pajamas or go and work for, so, fam- for a family business. But for me, yeah. I want to make sure when you come in, you are pushed to your very limits. I'm constantly on your Lewis on you or your management's on you to ensure that you realize that very best version of yourself. And I can liken this to you, really. You joined us seven years ago. You joined us from a state agency background. You're very good at what you're doing. I enjoyed working with you at the time, but I knew that you were capable of so much more. And I think, suffice to say, in seven years, it's you've probably been pushed more than you ever have. Yeah. You know, you've... You've bought your first property or multiple properties through us. Yep. You've moved country. So that sort of things now, I think, when you come and work all up and all up, we will make you realise something you didn't realise in yourself. Yeah, I would agree. I think you do need to be made to feel uncomfortable. The one thing I would say, though, in comparison to that locker room mentality is still there. Yeah. And I think we've done very well with the management that are in place that run the respective teams in the different offices. Because of course, when you started the business, you only had one location. Now we've got multiple, multiple teams within those multiple locations. It's testament to the management that we have in place that keep that locker room mentality going. And that's how the business was started. It's good that that theme still carries through. I think. Yeah, it's compartmentalized. And me and Lewis and I now rely on let's say you run your own team or you've got your own culture. And I, I think coming back to culture, culture now exists in teams rather than business. Yeah. But I think all to be to summarise it, uncomfortableness. You want to add to yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think the strength of our business years ago, we were a family business. You said it before. And I remember having a meeting with you one day saying, can we stop saying we're a family business because we're a family business when we had 15 or 20 people. You know, the reality is, and I don't mean to sound as harsh as possible, you don't sack your mum. You know, someone's not performing in this business. We won't carry people. And that's the reality behind it. And when we talk about what we're looking for, we are looking for driven people. And if you're not on the same wavelength, it's quite easy to stand out. And, you know, like a sore thumb if someone doesn't fit into the ethos of the business. I mean, yesterday um, I was with Charlie King, the associate director, and uh, 
we were just talking about business and work, and he put 800,000 dirhams on the board yesterday to put that into, into UK terms. We're talking 200,000 pounds, which he made half of. But 100,000 pounds yesterday. And this was the conversation we were chatting and I went, well done, ciao. And I carried on talking about someone else. And he knew what, I, his mentality is the same as mine. It's just like, yeah, well done, we're not gonna pop champagne for you. We're on to the next one. And it's just, it's, do you know what? It's a horrible way to be because I think we talked about the winner's mentality before, but for me, like we may have a record week this week and I know for 10 minutes I'll say, well done to everybody, but then I just want to know what's next. And I think if you have that mentality and that's the type of people are looking for, you, the worst people that could work in my environment is someone that has an amazing month and takes a month or two months off because they had an amazing month. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just, I think I'll leave you with this. The best people that I've ever worked with and how I, my life is, I'm, I'm comfortable being uncomfortable, yeah. which is what we're looking for. Very often we get emails about first deals for new people to join the business. So we had a flurry of new, e- new emails coming last week about people who joined us two, three, four weeks ago. I'm very quick to respond to people say, well done, brilliant. But I'll always probably finish that email with, <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next one. Always. 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 And, that, and that's the way we think as a business. And it's, it's, it is, it's a great thing, it's a bad thing. And that is, I guess, back to culture, being winners. So the hiring process, it changed a lot since we set up the business. So I did a lot, the vast majority of the hiring when we, when we opened up. Seven years, eight years ago, you took over that hiring process of basically making it a bit more like, like your own. Yes. I guess from my perspective, how it's changed from 15 years ago was really we, we had maybe one, maybe two phone calls. And this is the thing, 15 years ago, every single interview <laughs> we had was either in person or over the phone. Yeah. We didn't do any video calls of anyone because 15 years ago, we weren't able to do that. I think to be fair with you, I, I, when I first joined, I still did video, uh, sorry, uh, phone interviews. With individuals and it was only really when we started to use video elsewhere in the business that we decided to use video interviews but i still speak, spoke to people on the phone a lot one of my early and favorite hires doing the recruitment early on was a guy called darren murphy who's gone on to be one of our best people we've ever hired in the business um, just saying um but one which is, is, is tight that shirt when you're <laughs> isn't it crazy though when, when we hired darren we'd never met him the first day of hiring Darren when he comes to the introduction of the business. That's how much. You met, you first met, day I ever, ever met Darren. And he never, very nearly didn't Darren, join. Very nearly didn't yeah. join, but that's how much the whole recruitment thing has changed. I think even 15 years ago, we weren't doing any social media vetting. We didn't kind of get the context of what that person was like as well. I think that's the purpose of what, what video and social has done. I think talking about, let's just talk about social media very quickly. You know, if you look at my social media, for example, you can gather what type of person I am with the family and things like that. And you can gather Likes a bit boats. of, you know, Likes boats. love boats, Money. love family, <laughs> love dogs, love real estate. Like you put them together, I'll want to work for someone yeah. like me. <laughs> um, but it, like you, you can sort of capture what someone's about on social media. I think the same thing with video. I'm quite sure one of my strengths in life, if you give me five minutes to talk to somebody face to face, I can figure out not just from how they talk, from their expressions, where they look, how they hold themselves, how they take care of themselves. You know, I, I can they look at me like that. <laughs> just look, you weren't looking at me. Just looking at how loose your, your shirt is. Are you <laughs> loose shirt. It's more around this region. It's fitted. <laughs> fitted shirt. Sitting there, little, little stuck like that, like a robot. But yeah, I, I just think video has enabled us to make, and social media, a better selection of what we think someone would not look like, but look like as in personality-wise. Do you think, Cameron, people realise that when you're going for a job, 
doesn't matter if it's us or someone else, do you think people realise that a potential employer is going to scout out their social media profiles to understand what that person's like? I think people have become more aware to it, but I do still think some people absolutely don't care necessarily what they put on social media and don't necessarily think that an employer will look. I also think that sometimes people don't understand the importance of how they appear on a video. I, I, I still, we have some really great video interviews, but we do have some really, I'm gonna say it, we do have some really poor interviews where people are wearing perhaps not the right thing, their environment is not quite right, they've arrived late, like there's loads of different things that actually it's not just seeing somebody for the first time on a video, it's the whole package. And things right? like that mattered to me by the way years ago, <laughs> so someone was late for a phone call, straight away they're thinking, no, you're not, I'm on a back yeah. foot here because yeah. it's it's how they might be on a viewing, let's say, yes. or turn up for meetings. So. I, w- I will say though, that you can't judge everybody on that because I remember doing an interview once when I had my shirt and jacket on, and I stood up and had my swimming shorts on, on the bottom. <laughs> and I was interviewing that person. I was like, oh, fuck it out. I know. I but we're know. not saying that you shouldn't, we're not saying that you would automatically be said no to. I do, do, do still think some of the old fashioned values you should make sure are still there. Would you have hired me if I had my jacket on and shorts underneath? Depends what the shorts were like. Okay, but it let's say hypothetically, my shorts. But yeah. it, it was a good yeah, you're interview. a nice guy, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hire you. Yeah. So for me, like, I just think. Going back to that, I'd find if someone else seen the funny side of it, then I sort of gap. I know it sounds mad. I gather their personality, and I've seen yeah, so many that's people. That's the next level. Where it's just like you can then. You, I suppose you can then bond with them and understand their mentality. You see how they react. I know it sounds mad, but you see how they react to it as well. But you're not just necessarily interviewing somebody because they've got a suit and shirt and tie, etc. On. I remember back in the early days, Carl sat me down and said, "Cam, listen to a few of your interviews. You're a bit stiff." You're a bit formal. Like, can we just like relax up a bit? Oh, <laughs> not, quite, not quite as stiff as, as that. But I remember you saying, you know, we, we just need to, to relax a bit. Not relax to the point that the interview is not important, but just make people feel a bit more comfortable, vice versa. You then end up seeing the real person. Because actually, if the person that you were interviewed laughed at the fact that you got your swim shorts on, yeah. there's like an instant connection or a bond there. I think when you're doing interviews, it's a bit like doing a viewing on a property. You're not doing it to show them the property. The property is actually secondary. If they like the property, yeah, you go, this is an amazing kitchen. They're not going to be like, oh my God, it is an amazing kitchen. <laughs> the reason that I love viewings and why I used to love viewings is you show them the house because you think they're interested. But when you're walking around, you're getting to know them. Yeah. And then the same thing on the interview. Like if you're hammering someone going, tell me your strengths, tell me your weaknesses. You're like, I'm strong because I'm good, I'm weak because... I, you want someone to just chat to you yeah. and then you can gauge what they're about and then you can hit them with some interesting questions. But a lot of employers get that wrong where they, you know, they go and tick a box and that doesn't show you personality. Cameron likens me to a 1980s Wall Street, horrible <laughs> bro- real estate, uh, Wall Street broker. Uh, he feels I'm very old fashioned in my approach. So compared to my old fashioned approach, how has it changed in the last seven years for you taking over the recruitment? You've mellowed. You've mellowed and actually we do still need to have some of that 1980s um, feel to it because that's, you know, the whole show me the money, Jerry Maguire thing. However, I believe my style is a bit more now relaxed, personality based. We always talk, you know, it's not necessarily what somebody's written down on paper or what necessarily they've achieved because they might have achieved nothing when they get here. But it's that personality. It's that buying into our larger than it was before locker room mentality. So I'm not I'm not anywhere near the 1980s. So basically, if they can speak, they no, 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 and see, that's the thing. Like, I've had a few times recently where people have said, oh yeah, how can you just hire based on personality? You know, they might be having a good day or a bad day that day. 
yes, but the longer you do this job, the more traits you see with somebody right. that actually you see it a bit of a pattern. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's just that, you know, they're the right age, they're from the right place and, and they can speak. It goes beyond that from a personality what perspective. Would, what, okay, so if you were sitting someone and you like their personality, what type of question would you put at them to try and gauge their personalities and like, okay, okay, I like what I see, but let's just, let's move the boundaries a bit. Have you got any, have you got any questions you think you can see what they're about at that point? I think we always talk about outside of work and actually, you know, or I know, and I'm going to give it away now, if an interview phrase away from the path of work and you end up talking about activities outside of work, sport, music, holidays, dogs, whatever, actually, that's sometimes a sign of a very good interview. But you're not necessarily talking about work, but you're getting to know that person without actually getting to know them. I always like throwing people off. I used to like throwing people off. (laughs) Mid-interviews. No, but when we're talking about the niceties, throwing them off and getting them thinking again and getting them to think. I I like people, how they think about solving problems. Mm. And I think problem problem solving is a massive part in this job. (laughs) And if someone's thought about what they're saying, yeah, that's not the be all and end all, but it tells me a lot about that person and how they're going to be in this it's, job. It's like it has an entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, I, I think about like decisions I've made over time and my my emotions from today run the business to where it is to, to where it is today from the start. And one of the biggest things, if any problem, like eighty percent of people in the world will go, oh my god, this is, especially people in England, oh my god, see Brits in the bar in these yeah. posts where everything's a problem, but. If, say, for instance, today, our ward broke down, the first thing I'm thinking is, okay, fine, how do we get it fixed? And how much is it going to cost? And what's the time frame to get it done? And who are the people that can do it? My mentality is that on every single level, you pick anything, my Apple Watch breaks, I'm not sitting there saying, oh my God, it's the worst thing that happened. I'm going to the shop to go and figure out how much it is and how much to fix it. And a lot of people, when you talk about them going to interview, you ask them these questions where hypothetical scenarios like, okay, a house is for sale and it, the owner doesn't want to sell and what do you do? And some people give different answers and you can just see how they answer yeah. um, to a problem. What's the saying, and I'm, not, I'm going to get this the wrong way around, but the 95% versus the 5% of things happening to you versus how you deal with the mm. things that happen to you. It's kind of like what you're saying there. Well, not- my, my life, sorry, I'm cutting in there, but my, my whole journey in life, this, I swear, I was talking to George about my wife about before, I don't pray. It's going to sound mad to you, I don't pray. And I don't pray if it's good. I don't pray if it's bad. And I've never changed. I went to a Catholic school and George said to me today, she was like, why don't you pray? I don't, like, if something bad happens, or good, surely you shouldn't. I said, look, this is my theory. 99% of things that are in my life, I can fix. That's it. Like me going to bed and going, please don't be fat tomorrow, Louis. <laughs> like, that's not going to stop me. If I, if I eat well and train, that's what it is. You know, if I'm having a bad day at work, I don't go, oh my God, please let there be. Look, you work harder. And that yeah. could work. You have a problem with relationship. Take your wife out. Don't sit there and pray that everything gets better. And I think a lot of people, they procrastinate and they don't action. So it's yep. just, I don't know, some people are built differently. I'm built on the solution. It's always been that Circling way. Circling back to the recruitment event next week then. So naturally, one of the valid questions people might ask is, there are about 450, 60 people working in this business today yep. across all different business verticals. Why are you hiring when that need people? Is there enough work? Is there enough business in Dubai. Do you want to kind of answer that? Yeah, and it is actually a question that we get asked a lot. Um, I think the first biggest thing is we wouldn't be growing if there wasn't a need for us to grow. um, And if the market wasn't allowing us to grow as it is. 
the second thing, the more that we grow and develop as a business, all of our infrastructure needs to change. So if we're hiring more agents, from a sales perspective, we need more mortgage advisors to supplement the people who require mortgages to purchase their property. If there's more sales, we then need to add to our sales progression team. So it's not necessarily uh, that we're just hiring sales and, and lettings agents. Actually, it's the whole the whole picture. It's the whole infrastructure that we're growing that we wouldn't be able to do if the market didn't allow us to do. And I think it's fair to say that the buyer's having its moment in the sun or well, continues to, right? Yeah, definitely. Some hot off the press information, which I'll just leave you here. We've just increased our total office space by a further 40% of the whole business, which will be coming in the next few months. We'll leave it at that. So huge investment going into our business um, to ensure that you know we've got amazing work facilities. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it's very excited about that in the coming months. So sure. all of these positions that we've got advertised, basically we've got new, more space to fill. My, my, my main thing with it is this, Dubai is growing. Mm. Dubai, you know, when I come here in 2006, population 1.8 million, it's now 3.5 million. There are 100,000 people moving in the country and there's 40,000 houses handed over. Dubai, like you said, in quotes, is having its time in the sun, is that the, yep. what it is? Yeah. You know, everywhere else in the world is going through political unrest, uh, issues with, um, you know, affordability and housing and inflation where Dubai prices are going up, the government have locked in inflation on things like bread, food, everything else that comes into place. D-wire and things actually coming down. Petrol and diesel is actually coming down. Yep. D-wire is the water and electricity, if anyone's interest. Um, taxation is still not here and won't be here for many years for personal income tax. Corporation tax isn't until the middle of the year, which doesn't really come into effect until 2025, people actually paying. There are so many reasons to come here. And you see when we talk about people doing these transactions and deals, Dubai is the the place to live at the moment. And if you're an estate agent, you're a salesperson, and you're making 15, 20, 30, 40,000 pounds a year, 50,000 pounds a year, and taxed. then taxed. But, and and, you're, and this is the other thing I would say, your uh, living costs are increasing. And actually I've had two people last week that I interviewed and both of them said, yeah, one of the main factors, yes, it's the money in the tax free. Actually, my living costs in the UK makes it unaffordable for me to live there. Do you know the other thing, and I'll leave you with this in my antidote on like people moving to Dubai and Dubai specifically or anywhere. People are not trees. No. Like you're not stuck there. And a lot of people have this weird mentality. And I've got friends that they live in the city they were born and they die in the city they were born. But I think that if you want to broaden your horizons, you have to live in a different place. And a lot of people now have the ability, our parents, perfect example, if you go back to like the 60s, 70s, it was not as easy to get on a flight to Australia from England or to Spain. It is so freely available to do it. And a lot of people don't. I think if you want to experience life and you want to wake up in the sun, why not? I mm, think I sure. think people 100%. In, our, in their home countries, that is drilled into people. This is the normal thing to do. Mm. Housewife, two kids. That's a normal life, you know. That, but and circling over to like diversity in our business, one thing that I've learned about moving to Dubai is it's made me more culturally rounded, yes. and I appreciate different people and different people walks of life. Do you want to just talk to 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 people about what it's like working here and the different sorts of people, different walks of life we've got here, and how? You know, how it can benefit people also. For sure, and I think it's a, a, a good point at the minute about diversity and inclusion, that when I first joined, we were a British real estate agency, and we are still at our roots and our heart a British real estate agency because of the, um, the owners. But I think what's really important is the more people that we hire from these different parts of the world, they all bring a different set of skills um, and a different set of 
uh, or ways of doing things. I personally love how diverse um, it is now. And I don't actually, I need to do a calculation on this because I don't know exactly how many nationalities we have working in the business. And it's something that I'm going to do after this podcast, but it's very culturally diverse. And I think that in itself, in a business which does expect 100% from its staff and does still have that locker room mentality for us to be able to balance diversity and inclusion as well as having everybody's backs against the walls and expecting everything from them, mm. I think we do a good job. Well, if you look at our CFO is Chinese, yes. our head of PR and comms is Brazilian. Brazilian, yeah. Brazilian, Portuguese. Portuguese speaking, Brazilian. My brother-in-law is Moroccan. That's the head yeah. of uh, the Springs office. Um, you can go for any head of videography is Philip Filipino. Yeah. You could. We have got so many different cultures, and, that's, and I honestly do believe it makes you, like you said, a, a well-rounded, better culturally person. So, aside from obviously making or potentially making phenomenal amounts of money in Dubai, tell us some of some of the things that are really attractive to work in Dubai real estate. What, what's it like? What are the things people got to look forward to? Well, I do say it quite a lot in my interviews, but it's probably the only industry and the, in, in the world where if you work 24 hours a day, you can earn 24 hours a day money. And it sounds silly because you can't physically work 24 hours a day every day. But if we, if we dumb it down in layman's terms, the more you work, the harder you work, the more you will be rewarded. And if I think about my own time in a state agency back in England, um, you would reach a cap. You would reach a, a natural point where you cannot earn any more because of the restrictions of the job. Or worse yet, companies, and I hear this still even today, would reduce the uh, cap on commission because they don't want to pay as much commission to the staff. Here, you famously both love paying. You, you love paying commission checks. You want people to become wealthy. You want people to enjoy what becoming more wealthy actually means. So I think... Yes, obviously the money is important, but also the diversity of the properties that we're selling. Um, and, and letting, to be fair with you, some of the off-plan um, developments, and we were talking about one just before we came on camera today, um, it's hugely diverse. Um, obviously the weather, when you are going in these properties and you are doing amazing videos, does look a bit nicer than some of the stuff that we used to sell in the UK. Does work-life balance exist in working as a real estate agent? I have a bit of a problem with work-life balance and what work-life balance actually means. And I know you two probably um, have similar thoughts as well. But what does work-life balance actually mean? And especially if you're working in commission only, a big no-no for anybody when I'm speaking to them on interview, if you ask me what the working hours are, you are not getting a job at all top and all top. Not because we want you to work 24 hours a day, but if you're commission only, you go home, as you say, when you've had a good day. Mm-hmm. The hours and the money and the expectancy on you to deliver to your clients that could be in different time zones all around the world, it is not a nine to five job. And so sometimes, which is why we reference the wives and girlfriends and the husbands and the boyfriends um, that work for our brokers, or sorry, our partners to the brokers that work for us, you don't see them day to day, week to week, all the I, time. I think, I think the big thing when you're looking at, at this role is that you do get what you put in. Um, and I think it's hard for a lot of people that have come from employment to understand that you're, yes, you are employed by also and also, but your your income comes from the success you generate. And there is no safety net. And I've seen people come here and, you know, they have a bad day. And I don't mean a bad day as in like it's a bad day, but they've not generated a, the viewings and what you need, the, the, the petrol to, to get the car going. That is the viewings, the listings, the activity. And it's five and they get bang them out. And I look at them and I'm just like... You're literally like, 
you're leaving knowing that you've not had a good day that I always talk about. Yep. So I think that's what a lot of people struggle with and it takes time to understand that when you first get your first few paychecks and you see, I've not earned anything, then you see where the personality kicks and they figure out, okay, I know what I need to do or this isn't for me. What people need to realise is this is probably the closest thing they'll ever have to running their own business without all of the, any of the red tape or the issues of paying for things like advertising, like staff, like anything like that. You're basically taking 50% and running with it and that's, that's basically yours. And if you go home at five o'clock or you do the absolute bare minimum, that business won't continue to be open and it'll close like lots and lots of businesses if do you, in its first year. If you set up a business today, anybody, doesn't matter if it's recruitment, real estate, uh, Apple, doesn't matter who it is, your profits are range from 10 probably 35% realistically. That's where any business, 10% of whatever you generate is profit. 30% if you're really, really good business. Owning your own business, as in your desk here, you get 50% and all the marketing is covered for you. So you're effectively a business with a business. And I used the word before, it's an entrepreneur we're looking for. Yeah. We're looking for the people that, you know, and I've seen people that have come from, to, to, I thought Charlie come from, from a, 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 a gas engineer and, a window fitter and these people that are working for themselves to generate business, do the job and then get back out there. They're the ones that really get it quickly. What can you realistically earn, Cameron? And is it too good to be true? No, it's not too good to be true. And I love challenging anybody that says it is. Um, I would say, especially in the last few years, because of the way the market is, the platform that we have and everything that we've refined in the way that we have, it is possible that you can earn six figures in your first year if you're operating in a sales um, environment. And for those people listening in the UK, six figures is 100,000 or more. Um, it's very, very common for people to be able to do that. And actually, we featured some of those people on some recent videos on social media uh, in the last couple of days. So it's it's highly likely. But we're not here to sell a dream. As you said, a house sell itself. We don't need to tell people that it's tax-free, that the weather's great, that it's safe, that it's this, that, and the other. Those things help. But ultimately, if you're coming here and you've got somebody behind you and you are what you say you are and you're going to help, you're going to work hard the possibility is is there is no cap i think um, one of our top agents was 1.5 million pounds last year total take home pay just from all and all top right there well, are, if you look at mathematics behind the sales that's just our average house is 700,000 pound the average basic house to be selling by 700,000 pound we charge 4% which is 740 28,000 pound is the commission the company makes the agent makes 50% of that, which is £14,000. Tax-free in one single month. And that is a standard house. So if you sell one house a month, you make £14,000. Now, one agent last month sold a house for over £70 million, dirhams, which is about £15 million. £15 million. And then you can work the commission out on that backwards. It was a very good month for this person. And the good thing about it is this is not unheard of. No. Two days ago, this is not publicised, but I'm selling this as it is now, a four million pound villa was sold on the Palm Jumeirah. That villa was four percent commission. That villa, you can work out the commission on that. The same thing with another uh, a villa in Alborari and another villa in Raven Ranches. One, two, three million pounds. Reverse it backwards, and you see how much these guys do earn. I will say, there is no better place in Dubai to help you get on a path to be ultra successful and to change your life forever. And we've done it so many times before. All you've got to do is you've got to turn up, you've got to listen to us, and you've got to work incredibly hard. So on that, Cameron, next week, you said we're going to go to these places. Where are we going? Give us some some places, locations, times, and what people need to do to 
attend? Attend. Well, let's kick off by saying that they start on Monday and we're going to be in Birmingham on the 20th. Tuesday and Wednesday, we're going to be in Manchester. And on Thursday, as I said before, first time, we're going to be in Edinburgh. Uh, if you want to come, there is a link uh, that will be shared. And uh, if you've not already seen the link, everybody seems to be posting it at the moment. We've got a really, really huge uptake uh, on people wanting to attend. Um, for those that are attending, fix up, look sharp. It's a job interview within the recruitment event. You know, we talked earlier on about doing video interviews. Well, this is your opportunity to meet with people from Dubai coming to the UK. Um, we want to see you at your best, just as you want to see us at our best too. So um, I'm excited, very excited. News, before we wrap up, anything you want to share? I've got a couple of points, but anything you've come across in the last week, Lewis, that's remotely interesting? I had a cake out yesterday. Any good? Uh, it was the chicken tender wraps of cake out of the macro um, infused oh. food. Cake out our partners in Dubai. Yeah. Wrap, three tenders in it, 520 calories. What would you give out of 10? 9.2. Okay. 40 grams of protein, which is the most important thing. Just eight. I'm going to give you my review of the week. So anyone has not watched The Last of Us oh my God. on TV, 10 out of 10. Mm. You've got to watch it. If you've not watched it, right. zombies, it's got people. And zombies. People and zombies. Anything you, you want to rate this week? We've voted zombies and... So you've gone food, you've gone zombies and people. Yep. I'll go cleanliness and just say about the um, whole Dubai being the cleanest city in the world. I think it's something which is often overlooked about our city, but actually until you stop and think about it, it is very clean. And as a clean freak, that impresses me. Cool. Cleaned up there, mate. Well done. Dubai Roads, $1.4 billion funded into improving the roads of Dubai. Because Lewis and I talk about it every day. Oh mm, my God, idiot. the roads in Dubai at the moment drive me crazy. It's because of the population increase. They're, yeah. they're, obviously what's happening at the moment, because everyone's moving to Dubai, there's more people living here, but the roads have not increased at the capacity. The same thing with houses, to be honest with you, to the cover them. So I'll give an example, where my daughter goes to school or drop her off in the morning, nursery at the moment, um, and it takes five minutes to get there. The other day it took me one hour, just in about four, probably 45 minutes, stuck in traffic and it just wasn't moving. But what we do say is every person on the road is a tenant or a buyer or a seller. That's what makes me happy. So we'll leave it on that note. The roads are busy. We've got a recruitment day next week. So come and join us. Thanks, guys. guys.